Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is episode 142 of 2020. I call it the second season, but it's episode 142. Now, uh, for this episode, we're going to talk about um, basically... As a Catholic, you cannot be a Democrat because Democrats are, poor, uh, are pro-abortion. I have here an article from Life, Life News, different from LifeSite News. Um, it's a Christian, uh, and I believe a Catholic site. Um, but here's the thing. We, we Catholics have to get, it, get our heads out of this cozy environment where we cannot be involved in politics. Politics is part of life. We are political creatures. We are spiritual creatures. It's the way God made us. And I keep telling people this on every episode because we got into this mess because we ignored the secular world. Both evangelicals and a lot of Catholics have ignored the secular world. The secular world we felt was not our place. You know, and it's our fault. Believe it or not, it is our fault. We allowed people like Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Andrew Cuomo, uh, John Kerry, and other uh, political Catholics go wild. We didn't put pressure on our bishops. Um, remember, we, I did a podcast episode how Theodore McCarrick uh, kept um, the uh, magisterium, uh, which was uh, at the time was Cardinal Ratzinger, and he wrote that he gave a message to to the, to the bishops of America that pro-abortion politicians, uh, that is uh, Catholics, cannot and must be excluded from receiving Holy Communion because they are holding on to a topic or let's say platform that is goes against the Catholic faith. McCarrick suppressed that information. And ever since then, all the bishops have never been united on this. They have all chosen different stances, different approaches of enforcing the law. They were never united. They never, they never, they never will because McCarrick did this deliberately. Ever since then, it's been an, uh, a spiritual freefall. We, you know, we, we, the Catholicism in America has been demoralized. The sacraments have been profaned. Uh, Don, you know, Cardinal Donald Worrell, Cardinal Blaise Supich, uh, Cardinal Tobin of uh, New York, all of them, even from California to New York, none of them would enforce, uh, the, you know, the the, the law of, of the church, the uh, uh, canon law, and that's the problem. They. And that ever since then, it's been a mess. It's been a mess. Uh, Dolan won't do it. None of them will do it because they don't. They, they're afraid of becoming a target. They don't want a target. They don't. They don't want to. Be, they don't want to be on the. Have the media on them. They can't do it. They're 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 spiritually weak men. I mean, just listen to Michael Voris. Uh, go to go to uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall. Go to a lot of great Catholic apologists. And they wonder why the church, uh, the numbers keep dropping. Uh, people, people look at Catholicism and Catholicism is a joke to a lot of people. The Catholic faith 
has been weakened. It's weak. Anyway, uh, we're going to look at an article. Uh, before we begin, please um, subscribe to my podcast and share. Um, share this with, sorry, window open, car honking. Share this with my, uh, with your friends, not my friends, your friends. And, uh, you know, let people know uh, about a podcast like this. Uh, I don't have an advertisement, uh, so word of mouth helps. And I've noticed that people are following. Um, I noticed uh, on Apple Podcast and other platforms, podcast platforms, it's uh, it's starting to show. It, it's a great help. And, uh, you know, we need something like this. This is important for us as Catholics. We need to uh, share information. We need to be encouraged. This is in many ways an encouragement. It helps me to be, to be a faithful Catholic. And... I feel like I know that I'm doing a good deed by helping other Catholics out there. So please subscribe and share. And, uh, you know, uh, it would be a great help. So let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, Queen of Peace, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Holy Church and Terror of Demons, pray for us. St. Thomas More, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. All right. So this is from Life News, separate from Life Sight News. I know. It, they, they, you almost get fooled. They look almost the same, but they're actually uh, they're pretty cool as well. All right. So uh, Catholic priests, you cannot be Catholic and be a Democrat because Democrats are pro-abortion. Now, I'm going to play you. Uh, this is Father, um, Father, hold on, Father James Altman of St. James the Less in La Crosse, Wisconsin. All right. A Wisconsin priest told Catholics. Okay, first of all, hold on. I want to find out who wrote the story. Um, Micaiah Mac Bilger. Micaiah Bilger. Uh, September 1st, 2020. All right. Uh, Washington, D.C. It's national. All right. Um, Wisconsin priests told Catholics that they have a duty and an obligation to speak out against immoral politicians who support the killing of unborn babies in abortions. Absolutely right. He is absolutely right about this. And, and um, it, you know, it's true because unfortunately... We've remained too quiet. We, we've allowed this to continue. I mean, the other day there was a Michael Voris pointed to a priest. I don't know who he was, uh, was his name. He says, uh, the pro-abortions are wrong and, uh, the pro-lifers are wrong. Both are not, are not bringing, are not producing life in the country. You, you see how he's doing this? He's trying to, he's trying to not choose a hill to die on. You see what I'm saying? 
He's being ambiguous and he's going to give you an ambiguous answer. Ignore someone like that. Boo him. You know, show, you know, I'm serious. I think we should start booing these, these bad priests. We have to start booing them because they are, they are cowards. They don't want to make a choice. This is the way, I mean, you know, it's, it's so stupid. You cannot, I cannot stand a cowardly priest. I know we're supposed to be charitable, but you chose to be a priest. You chose to represent Christ. You chose, you chose to be an instrument of Christ. And you're trying to play both sides. Okay. That's just another Judas. It's ridiculous. All right. Father James Altman of St. James the Less in La Crosse, Wisconsin made some strong and what will certainly be seen as controversial statement about Catholics' role in politics in America. Altman insists that Catholics cannot vote Democrat. Because of the party's radical pro-abortion stance, he faulted gutless cowards in the clergy, wow, for failing to teach Catholics the truth about God and the value of every human life. Beautiful. Just beautiful. Perfect. When politics and politicians act in immoral way, we most certainly do have the duty and obligation to speak up about it, Altman said. You cannot be Catholic and be a Democrat, period. Their party platform absolutely is against everything the Catholic Church teaches. So just quit pretending that you're a Catholic if you vote Democrat. When people accuse him of being too political, Altman said he responds, baloney. He said politics fundamentally should be a moral enterprise and Catholics have a duty and an obligation to speak up when politicians act immorally. There you go. There you go. That is the kind of stuff we need to hear from, from the pulpit. That's the kind of stuff we need to hear on Sunday. Okay? This is the kind of man we need. We need more priests like this. There's still hope, fellow Catholics. There is still hope. Don't give up. Keep praying that rosary. On the matter of abortion, for example, he said, there should be no confusion for Catholic voters. The Democratic Party supports abortion without restriction and wants to force taxpayers to pay for them. Altman, Altman noted how Democrat President, Barack, uh, Democratic President Barack Obama even asked God to bless Planned Parenthood, the large abortion chain in the U.S., and one founded on racist eugenic ideas. Margaret Sanger, she's the one. She was a practically a Nazi in a skirt. There will be 60 million and counting aborted babies standing at the gates of heaven bearing your democratic entrance. And nothing, I'm sorry, uh, barring, barring your democratic entrance. And nothing you can say will ever excuse you for your direct or indirect support of that diabolical agenda here in the end, Altman said. Remember what I said, what you do in life echoes throughout all of eternity. And that is true. All right, let's continue. I'm going to play you the video clip later after I read this. He said abortion is one of the several issues that Democrats, politicians support on in opposition to, to Catholic church teaching. He accused many in the clergy of failing to truly lead and teach people about God and others of leading 
uh, leading people astray. The reason that we're seeing a sign of the times is that way too many, too many people do not know God, and too many shepherds of the church have not taught them, Altman said. The problem in the world today is, as it, as it was in Noah's day, is that there are ways the way too many people who don't know the first thing about Almighty God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he continued, so truth be told, they do not love him, and so we can see in many godless politicians out there, they most definitely are not serving him, they are not fulfilling their purpose in life, to know, to love, and to serve God. He urged people to truly seek God, so that they may love and serve him, and through him serve others. Dear family, it is basic to our salvation that we must, that our purpose in life is to know, love, and serve God. We have a duty, an obligation to know him so that we love him, he said. That is beautiful. That was fantastic, really. I th you see, this is the kind of stuff you, we need to hear. We don't hear this, and so a lot of people, unfortunately, do not know what their Catholic faith means. We're not living the sacramental life. We, you know, I mean, today I went to Mass, okay? I looked around me. I, I, you know, I was brighter. I don't know, for some reason, maybe because it was a sunny day, and the light was coming through the, you know, through the windows. And I looked around. I couldn't believe, I mean, there weren't a lot of people. But there were some people and everybody was wearing a mask. I saw a whole family sitting on one corner wearing a mask. I see some people not wearing it correctly. Most, uh, I don't know, I guess a lot of guys have sinus problems. They got it below their, their, their nose. And it was just ridiculous. It was just ridiculous. The, the, the church folded up and gave in, caved in so quickly. And, you know, and then another thing, you know, it, the music is so terrible these days and the service. It's true. What Taylor Marshall said in his infiltration book, we have been Protestantized. Our, our services are so Protestant. The Monsignor didn't, didn't get up to uh, pass communion, to give communion. Two ladies got up and, and stood there giving Holy Communion. And I and and it just was so weak. I mean, we have an African priest now who's knows his Latin, which is great. You know, I mean, he's a little bit too charismatic, but he's, you know, but he's fine. He's really great, and he, you know, he he's very pious. I think he's very holy. But when you look at the service, it's so Protestantized. Taylor Marshall talked about that before the Vatican II, before the Novus Ordo. The beautiful thing about the Latin Mass, it was the oldest uh, ritual, oldest religious ritual in the West. And then suddenly, by 1963 to 1969, it was dismantled, piece by piece. And in many cases, a lot of people, for some reason, they had this terror on the left of going back to those days. They have a terror about it. I have a strong feeling that the more we see some more holy priests like this one, 
this Father James uh, Altman, the more we're going to find, um, we're going to find ourselves uh, eventually finding ourselves back to the to the Latin Rite. We are going to find ourselves because one of the interesting things about the Vatican II documents, everything that came out of Vatican II, none of this is infallible. None of the, none of it is infallible. It's all pastoral. None of it is infallible. So Pope Francis can change his, uh, he, he can change the, the Lord's Prayer uh, in Italian by getting rid of, uh, you know, lead us not into temptation. He can change it all he wants. It's not infallible. And then um, they can do whatever they want with the other, uh, what do you call, uh, you know, pastoral ideas that they have. It's something is something is different now. Something is very different. I've been a Catholic since 1997. I have never seen things this bad. I've heard things were bad after during the 1970s through the 80s, but the truth is there's something something is about to happen. Something major. And I've always and I've always said this for some reason when I'm talking to my mom and other people, I feel that heaven is about to make a move. Okay, it's it, heaven is about to take make a move, and I truly believe something's going to happen. I just don't know what it is. That's all. That's, I don't know when, but I mean, this pandemic, this political rioting came upon us before we know it. We never even thought this was going to happen a year ago. We never thought there'll be kind of protests like this. We never thought this would be coming upon us. And look what happened. Look at the whole world nearly shut down. And suddenly we went from pandemic to riots. And it's going to, you know, I mean, some think we might be heading towards civil war the way the Antifa and the left and the, the, the tech giants, the tech giants who want to control information. We're the real ones they're after. And they want to control information. And this is, this is what this is all about. They want to control the election. They want to change the election. It's, it's scary. All right, let's listen to the um, to Father James Altman audio. Okay, here we go. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Family, let us pray. Precious blood of Christ, only begotten Son of the Eternal Father, blood of the incarnate Word of God, blood falling upon the earth in the agony, blood shed profusely in the scourging, Blood flowing forth in the crowning of thorns. Blood poured out on the holy cross. Price of salvation, without which there is no forgiveness. Eucharistic drink and refreshment of souls. Save us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What a family, we're going to have something right from the very beginning of the Baltimore Catechism. Our basic catechism, basic foundation for our whole faith, our purpose in life, which is to know, love, and serve God. Now, it's human nature that we will not willingly serve a God whom we do not love. And we will not love a God we do not know. So, so here's the thing. I don't love anybody in Borneo because I don't know anyone in Borneo. 
So don't get up in the morning with any particular inclination or inspiration to serve anyone in Borneo. But if I do not wake up in the morning with an inclination and an inspiration to serve Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then Houston, we got a problem. And the problem in the world today, as it was in Noah's day, and as it was in Abraham, Lot, and Sodom and Gomorrah's day, as it was as Jesus warned us it would be, is that there are way too many people who don't know the first thing about Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So truth be told, they do not love him. And so we can see in the many godless politicians out there and the godless educational system and the godlessness of so many people. So they most definitely are not serving him. They are not fulfilling their purpose in life to know, to love, and to serve God. Oh, you're just being political. Father Altman is too political. Politics has no place in the Catholic Church. Baloney. Pope Benedict XVI said, the church is not a political power, it's not a party, but it is, at least it's supposed to be, it is a moral power. Therefore, since politics fundamentally should be a moral enterprise, the church, in this sense, has something to say about politics. Therefore, when politics and politicians act in an immoral way, we most certainly do have the duty and the obligation to speak up and speak up about it. When they complain, they say, hey, you're a bunch of hypocrites. Capital H. Guess who was just a premier speaker at the Democratic National Convention? None other than the hyper-confusion-spreading heretic James Martin S.J. Well, I guess it's, oh, I guess it's okay for James Martin to spout off for the Democrats on their national stage, but God forbid a priest speak out against their godless platform. Here's a memo to clueless baptized Catholics out there. You cannot be Catholic and be a Democrat, period. Their party platform absolutely is against everything the Catholic Church teaches. So just quit pretending that you're Catholic and vote Democrat. Repent of your support of that party and its platform or face the fires of hell. Yes, Virginia, there is a hell. There's a, a well-known cleric who seems to be putting out there that, oh, hell is an empty place. Sorry, buddy. It's not what Jesus said. Jesus said many are going to choose that broad road to destruction. Only a few are going to choose the narrow, very difficult road to the narrow gate to heaven. There will be 60 million and counting. Aborted babies standing at the gates of heaven barring your Democrat entrance. And nothing you can say will ever excuse you for your direct or indirect support of that diabolical agenda. Here in the end, it's too bad there's so many gutless cowards in the clergy who refuse to speak up and speak out on that truth and make it crystal clear. There should be no confusion among any Catholic. See, at the end of the day, I do research. And I actually researched and researched all the data, the information. I, I crunched the numbers and finally came up with a pretty close approximate total of how many Catholics voted for Obama in 2008 and 2012. Zero. Wrap your minds around that, dear family. There were a lot of pretenders, a lot of imposters, 
a lot of people masquerading as Catholics, laity and clergy alike. There were zero faithful Catholics who voted for that godless politician who had the audacity to blaspheme and say, God bless Planned Parenthood, the most racist organization on the face of this planet, founded to wipe out black babies. Wilton Gregory, figure it out. So back to the hypocrisy of those who complain on too political. The complainers, the hypocrites, by the way, always are from the left, both laity and clergy alike. In addition to thinking it's A-OK for James Martin to prance up onto the Democrats' national stage, certain of the hierarchy think nothing about ripping into Donald Trump because somehow Trump has differing views about national sovereignty and national borders. No problem about stuffing things like the climate change hoax into the political arena, into the Catholic Church. Well, here in the U.S., in addition to James Martin, the St. Anthony Messenger has two major political statements. One against Trump in, in support of DACA, which means criminal illegal aliens, and the other supporting the Southern Poverty Law Center, which seems to be one of the most godless, communist, anti-American, left-wing radical organizations in the United States. And again, one ripping on Trump and supporting Wilton Gregory's horrific attack on the one best pro-life president and his Catholic wife. You know, as a bishop recently said to me, it's no wonder the faithful have lost confidence in the bishops because so many of them did such a horrible job on the scandal. And still to this day, don't say anything about the worst miscreants. Oh, but they sure will get all over a priest instantly who simply speaks the truth. Oh, yes, dear family, they are quick as lightning when they want to be to silence any priest who dares to step out of line. But do you really wonder why ordinary priests do not speak up? It's out of fear, dear family. Fear. Shame on the hierarchy who covers up truth through a conspiracy of fear. Listen, if, it, if there wasn't truth spoken, nobody but nobody would be listening to me for two seconds. And if all that is accomplished by speaking up is to let the proud and arrogant in the hierarchy realize that the faithful are suspicious and they have good reason, and that they need to straighten up and straighten out this mess that they created or they continued before they lose yet more faithful to the fastest growing denomination in the United States, ex-Catholics, then job accomplished. But, dear family, there is truth spoken and it continues to slap faithful Catholics in the faith when Notre Dame gives Obama an honorary doctorate, when James Martin takes the national stage for the Democrats, and when a pro-life president gets ripped on by an archbishop of the Catholic Church, who then, within days, urges his priest to go all political and join hands with the Marxist protesters, Black Lives Matter. To family, it is basic to our salvation that we must, that our purpose in life is to know, love, and serve God. We have a duty and an obligation to know Him so that we love Him so that we serve him unto martyrdom, red or white. And it is human nature that we will not willingly serve a God whom we do not love, and we will not love a God 
we do not know. And the reason why we are seeing the signs of the times, the cataclysm that's approaching, that we have been warned about, our Blessed Mother warned us about it. The reason why we're seeing this is that way too many people do not know God through their fault, through their fault, through their most grievous fault. And too many shepherds of the church haven't taught them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That was fantastic. I mean, I have to admit, I think this is going to be my my uh, internet priest. Uh, he's great. He really is. He really is great. I am going to listen to Father James Altman from now on. Wow, that was fantastic. Seriously, people. Unbelievable. That was fantastic. All right, so uh, I'm going to pull up another article, the other half of the segment. Okay, so I'll be right back. All right, so this one is by Tony Perkins. uh, It's, again, from LifeNews.com, LifeNews.com. Not LifeSite, but LifeNews.com. Nancy Pelosi and Democrats want to force Christians to pay for abortion. Let's begin. How do you stop people from fighting an unpopular political agenda? Well, if you're a House Democrat, you turn it into a race debate. Based on their latest comments, that's how far left has decided to tackle the country's objection to taxpayer-funded abortion. Their goal is to frame it as an issue of injustice, so that even if people don't agree with it, they'll be too scared of being labeled to push back. But after 43 years of this bright red line called the Hyde Amendment, well, Americans will Americans really be so quick to cross it? It's an issue of discrimination, Rep- Representative Barbara Lee, Democrat from California, insisted, against low-income women, women of color. She, like other female Democrats, is starting the debate, the drumbeat for next year's Congress when her caucus plans to stop supporting one of the only true legislative compromises left in D.C., the ban on taxpayer-funded abortion. Of course, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Democrat from California, has been on board with the idea for years, but understood that starting a war on this uh, rider, which is a part of almost every domestic spending bill, would grind congressional business to a halt. After all, this isn't just a a policy that Republicans support, but members of her own party too. In fact, it's such a contentious idea that even Barack Obama didn't have the stomach to call for the high amendment's appeal. But now, with Democrat candidate Joe Biden throwing his lot with the fringe elements of his party, Pelosi and company think they have a chance to take the country where no one imagined it would go. During a subcommittee meeting earlier this year, Representative Rosa Delora, Democrat of Connecticut, warned her members, although this year's bill included it, let me be clear, we will fight to remove the Hyde Amendment to ensure that women of color and all women have access to the reproductive health they deserve. Starting in 2021, they have declared House Democrats will challenge the status quo. 
It's a nice message, a messaging tool for their base. But a war over the Hyde Amendment would face some serious obstacles, not the least of which are Americans' strong feelings on the issue. Despite four years of pushing the party into some of the most radical terrain in, in democratic history, liberals' position on the Hyde Amendment is still far cry from most voters. As recently as 2020, Marist poll six in 10 Americans, 60% objected tearing down the wall between taxpayers and abortion, including 37% which identify, uh, identity, uh, who I identify as pro-choice. All right, making matters even more complicated, millennials aren't exactly on the free abortion bandwagon. Only 7% of the uh, from the age of 18 to 34 crowd agree with DNC's national platform on abortion, which is no legal limits and force funding for tax by taxpayers dollars. Memo to Nancy Pelosi: Not only are millennials one of the largest voting bloc in America, they are also one of the most cautious when it comes to taking human life. If if the left thinks it can slap a racist sticker on the High Amendment and toppled the four-decade-old policy, they're mistaken. A surprising number of young people are more concerned about the racism of abortion industry, not a law that's saving mostly non-white lives. Even liberals at Slate have made the argument that abortion funding isn't as popular as Democrats think it is. Over the past three years, William Slayton, Cautions surveys have debunked much of what the left believes, not just about public support for government funding, abortion, but also about how attitudes on that issue intersect with gender, class, and reproductive freedom. He rattles off statistics showing what a mis what a what a miscalculation this anti hide crusade is. At the end of the day, Americans may agree with legality of some abortions, but on the question of direct payment, most voters agree with the GOP. If Democrats make that question a, a litmus test, they'll regret it. <laughs> of course, the far left has never let public opinions get in the way of bad policy agenda. But as far as outgoing Congressman Dan Lebinsky, Democrat for Illinois, is concerned, the warning signs are all there. House leaders just aren't heeding them. Rallying with pro-lifers at a, at a side event during DNC convention, he told the story of several Democrats who came to him during his eight terms in Congress and explained they left the party because of the life issue. We are in the mainstream, he insisted, about growing, a growing pro-life contingent, and we cannot back down, he said. I think it's a moral imperative that we protect life. All right, so there you go. Now, that's interesting. That is very interesting. That was also very encouraging to hear that many millennials. Um, it seems that something is changing in the culture. I mean, we have people who are now starting to, I think, because maybe because information is in their hand, maybe uh, they can look things up. The only problem I'm worried about is the tech industry like Google, Facebook, 
um, and other particular tech agencies, they are pushing for this very Marxist approach. Many of them have developed a close relationship with the Democratic Party, even though there are many conservatives now who are more tech-savvy than ever before. The problem we have, we have old conservatives who have been in Congress for so long who are not very tech-savvy about the internet and everything. Trump is tech-savvy. He is tech-savvy about the internet. He gets information. And I have to admit this with even with his family, uh, Donald Trump Jr. and uh, you know Ivanka and uh, uh, Eric Trump, they're very tech savvy. But the problem is it's the Republican Party, the old guard, the old timers. They're not very tech savvy and um, you know they're not all up to the the times. The only thing I'm worried about, like I said, is Facebook and Google who are very, very much anti-conservative. Even though majority of conservatives watch YouTube, they get their information from YouTube. And we just heard that Twitter has actually blocked Donald Trump, which was everybody was expecting it to happen, which is why Trump should move to parlay. And I think um, he wants to show, I think the reason why he has never made that move because he wants Twitter to hurt itself. He wants the tech industry to hurt themselves. I don't know about you, but have you, if you go on Facebook and if you go on Instagram, you get an ad for mail-in ballots. Facebook and in, and uh, Instagram and I, I, got, I saw ads on YouTube to register and get your mail-in ballot. You see what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're choosing the left. They're choosing the Democrats. And the reason why is because I think that they get a special deal with the Democrats. They're hoping to actually uh, – they're the oligarchy. They want to control information. It's not money they want. It's your mind, how you think and how you process information. It's you. You are the currency. We, the people are the currency. They want to control that information. They um, they see the power. The power is people. To control people, you control the whole world. And you, and you control their pocketbooks. You control what they watch. I mean, notice it. The shutdown was probably the biggest thing that they wanted. Even I noticed that the internet was slow because people were on it 24-7. And this is something, now it may have done something else that they weren't expecting. It made families closer. People have spent more time with their families. Maybe there was more domestic abuse. Probably I would imagine it was with uh, unmarried couples. And, uh, you know, probably, you know, that's what I would imagine happened. Couples living together will probably have the ones have the most domestic problem. Uh, who knows? Maybe people develop more drinking. Maybe there'll be a baby boom. Who knows? The point is this whole COVID thing, we're going we're gonna to wind up maybe months later noticing the results of what's going to happen. But Trump and his party have to uh, reach out to their voter block. So if you can, go on Parlay, or sometimes they call it Parler, and you can uh, follow Trump on there. Uh, if they blocked him from Twitter... Well, I think Twitter is going to regret it. And I think this is why Trump is waiting. He wants them to do it. He doesn't want to do it first. 
He wants them to do it. That way, they will look bad. All right, let's go for the next segment. So, there's actually a group calling themselves Catholics for Biden. (laughs) I find that very funny. Friday, September 4th, 2020. Pro-life priests denounce Catholics for Biden as a scam. North Catholic can vote for Biden. All right. Whole, the whole idea of Catholics for Biden is a scam. All right. The article is from by Doug uh, Mainwaring. Mainwaring. I hope I'm pronouncing your, your name right, Doug. All right. This is from LifeSite News, uh, September 4th, 2020. All right. Let's continue. A group calling itself Catholics for Biden created to generate grassroots Catholic support for the pro-abortion Democratic presidential candidate launched this Thursday night with a virtual national Zooming meeting attracting 1,100 participants. That's not a lot. Catholics who tuned in tuned into the online meeting were repeatedly steered away from being single-issue voters as a means to help them overcome qualms of conscience regarding the former VP and his running mate, Kamala Harris, who have pledged unwavering support for maintaining a legal right to abortion across the United States. The 58-minute-long meeting attended by LifeSite News began with a short keynote speeches by descendant sister Sim, uh, Simone Campbell. Did a podcast about her. She spoke at the National Catholic Convention, and she was the one who said uh, abortion is uh, uh, above her pay grade. She's a lawyer, all right? She has... Uh, done a lot of legal representation, and she says that abortion is above her pay grade. She doesn't dress like a nun, by the way, but she's definitely not like Sister Deidre or Sister Didi, who spoke at the national, uh, the Republican National Convention. She was the one who said, I am not just pro-life. I'm, I am pro-eternal life. And she held up her rosary. Now, not, now that, that's a great nun. I mean, this is a nun. She's I mean, her uh, and uh, Father James Altman, great. Those are the kind of people we want to see out there. All right, yes, Sister Simone spoke at the executive director of the Network Lobby for Catholic Social Justice and known for her support for legal abortion and U.S. Senator Richard Durbin, Democrat of Illinois, who who has been barred by Bishop Thomas uh, Paprocki from receiving Holy Communion. Great for Thomas uh, for Bishop Pabraki. Great, Sister Simone, none on a bus. <sighs> okay, none on a bus. It's uh, it's not the uh, magic school bus, and definitely it's not for kids. Uh, Sister Simone, none on a bus. Campbell claimed that the outlawing of abortion by reversing Roe versus Wade has never been our faith, and demo- and dismissed the considered Catholics as silly above her pay grade. Interesting. White Catholics have gotten it wrong in the past election, says Sister Simone Campbell. Really? Now she's going into race, uh, race baiting. She touted her organization's new theme, helping Catholics see that they are, mul- they are, they are, they are multi-issue voters. 
<laughs> oh, I love this one. Boy. And it's news. It's new website, PopeFrancisVoter.org. Oh, my goodness. PopeFrancisVoter.org. Can you believe the way these people think? Which aims to drive the Catholic electorate to be in harmony with what Pope Francis teaches. So he's for abortion. Right? So that's what you're saying. He's for abortion. Wow. The evening's most extreme assertion came from Dr. Stephen uh, Schneck, retired director of the Institute for Policy and Research and Catholic Studies at the Catholic University of America and a former Obama White House appointee. In his four harrowing years in office, President Trump has proven himself to be the la- the least pro-life president in history, declared Schneck. He has proven that he's only capable of dividing us, asserted, asserted Schneck. President Trump fosters and hate, hate and intolerance. During a five-person panel discussion, moderate Felice, Felice uh, Garrado noted that a high percentage of panelists, including himself, have been heavily influenced by Jesuit education and formation. Panelist Peter Kellner mentioned he had recently become a member of the board of directors of Jesuit-run America Media. Publisher of America magazine magazines were, uh, were pro-LGBT. Father James Martin S.J. is an editor-at-large. Top U.S. pro-life priest had plenty to say about the Catholics for Biden effort. Okay. Catholics for Biden, another wolf in sheep's clothing. The whole idea of Catholics for Biden is a scam, said Father Michael Arce, a priest of the Diocese of Camden, New Jersey, who currently serves as a parochial vicar for St. Agnes Parish in Naples, Florida, and a former chaplain of Ave Maria School of Law in Naples. The group seeks to clause over hostility to the Catholic teaching, condemning abortion, R.C. told LifeSite News. It grafts onto the seamless garment uh, idea and encourages voters to weigh all the perceived good things that the democratic democrats promote for social justice the fact is that all these entitlements pres, uh, presume an equal, equality in in the issues unless a person has the right to life all else is meaningless what these Catholics for Biden forget is that the argument that I am personally against but respect the rights of others to procure an abortion is inherently evil, said Arcee, since it is causing death and leading others to sin. Voting for Biden would broadly expand abortion even to the time of birth. If we were to be elected, uh, if he were to be elected, I'm sorry, the, um, okay, I'm going to read it again. Voting for Biden will, will broadly expand abortion, even to the time of birth. If he were to be elected, continue RC, this in itself may cause a voter to at least be responsible for material corruption and sin. This group is another wolf in sheep's clothing, he concluded. Disobedient Catholics seeking companionship, just as Satan 
browse the earth looking for more souls to ruin. So often we see disobedient Catholics seeking companionship and support in their scandalous way, said Father Stephen Imberto, an activist, pro-life Catholic priest, a regular on EWTN and a member of the Red Rose Rescues when he asks about Catholics for Biden. If, uh, I'm sorry, Father Umberto said that Biden's actions result in multiple grave scandals against our Catholic faith, adding, let's look at how many ways Biden violates his Catholic faith. Support abortion, supports contraception, supports immoral experimentation, supports sexual disorders and perversions by promoting the LGBTQ agenda and has presided over a same-sex marriage, supports an environmental policy that includes population control measures, opposes freedom of conscience and, and religion, as evidence in his pledge f- to force the Little Sisters of the Poor to provide uh, abortion infanticides to employees, fails to defend our Catholic faith, remaining quiet while left-wing organizations have attacked Catholic churches and property. Okay, that's a lot there. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Catholics for Biden ignoring President Trump's pro-life success. People who talk about single issues, Catholic voting, are setting up a straw man, asserted Father Frank Pavone, National Director for Priests for Life. We all know there are many issues, but if a candidate came along and said, I support terrorism, voters would not ask, okay, but what's your, voters would, would not ask, okay, but what's your health care plan? Certain issues disqualify candidates. But Biden's Catholic problem does not just involve abortion. Provone told LifeSite News, noting that the Democrat candidate said he would reinstate the HHS mandates, as it were, before Hobby Lobby. So are Catholics for Biden not to care that their clergy, their church, and its ministries will again be battling in court so that they don't have to choose between following their faith and following the law, as Provone, Father Provone? In that case, one would have to wonder if Catholics for Biden are also Catholics for Catholics. Are Catholics for Biden too busy talking about how Catholic he is rather than paying attention to the success we're having under President Trump, wondered Father Provone? Biden has an astonishing lack of accomplishments over his 47-year career in Washington politics, said Father Provone. Do Catholics for Biden really believe, okay, 48 years would be any, uh, year 48 would be any different? Catechism requires Catholics not to vote for Biden, a man in president uh, in, pre- in persistent mortal sin. We urge those Catholic officials who choose to depart from Catholic te- from Catholic Church teaching on the inviolability of human life, um, inviolability of human life in their public life to consider the consequences for their own spiritual well-being, as well as scandal. They risk by leading others into serious sins, said Father Umberto, quoting the teachings of the U.S. bishops in the Living Gospel of Life, the USCCB 1998, number 30. We call on them to reflect on the grave contradiction of assuming public roles and pres- uh, presenting themselves as credible Catholic when their actions 
on a fundamental issue of human life are not agreement with church teaching. I challenge anyone based on the church's teaching on scandal, explain to the Catholic faithful how Joe Biden is not in persistent mortal sin from scandal. Catechism of the Catholic Church, 2284, verses 2286, how a Catholic using their vote does not commit the grape skin of scandal. Catechism of the Catholic Church, 2287, if they vote for Biden. Let's look that up. Okay, so I have the Catechism here in front of me, and it's uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, ver uh, starting from Article 2284. All right, reject, uh, I mean, respect for the dignity of persons, respect for the souls of others, and then it says scandal. All right, so let's read it. Scandal is an attitude or behavior which leads another to do evil. The person who gives scandal becomes his neighbor's tempter. He damages virtue and integrity. He may even draw his brother into spiritual death. Scandal is a grave offense if by deed or omission another is deliberately uh, deliberately led into a grave offense. And then it continues into Article 2285. Let's continue this. Scandal takes on a particular gravity by reason of the authority of those who cause it or the weakness of those who are scandalized. It, it prompted our Lord to utter this curse. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Scandal is grave when given by those who by nature or office are obliged to teach and educate others. Jesus reproaches the scribes and Pharisees on this account. He likens them to wolves in sheep's clothing. Wow. And then it continues again. Remember, it goes up to 2286 article. Scandal can be provoked by laws or institutions, by fashions or opinions. Therefore, they are guilty of scandal who would establish laws or social structures leading to the decline of morals and the corruption of religious practice or to, or to social conditions that intentionally or not make Christian conduct and obedience to the commandments difficult and particularly impossible. This is also true of business leaders who make rules or encouraging fraud, teachers who provoke their children to anger or manipulations of public opinion who turn it away from moral values. Anyone who uses the power, I'm going to continue to 2287, anyone who uses the power at his disposal in such a way that leads others to do wrong becomes guilty of scandal and responsible for the evil that he has directly or indirectly encouraged. Temptation to sin are sure to come, but woe to him by whom they come. Wow. Okay, let's continue. I just read to you Catechism of the Catholic Church article from Article 2, 
2284 through 2285 through 2286 through Catechism of the Catholic Church 2287, which was which was what this priest here pointed out to. Okay, so grave sin of scandal. Now, why? Why is Sister Simone Campbell and people like Father James Martin and these other groups who are pretending to be Catholic for Biden, why are they ignoring church teaching? Why this desperation to support Planned Parenthoods, to support abortion, the murder of the unborn? Why this this uh, scandal to support gay lifestyle, LGBTQ by Father James Martin. Why are these Catholics so desperate to do this? Why are they so willing? Why Sister Simone, an educated woman who claims to be a nun of the Catholic Church, is willing to scandalize the faith? Why is some some of these priests and some of these bishops willing to do this? And And really, is Pope Francis willing to do this as well? I mean, he's supposed to be the successor of St. Peter. Why? Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's beyond comprehension, beyond understanding. It's scandal, obviously. And it's evil. I can't help but think, wonder if there's racism, deep racism in them. Maybe they think they know more than God. Maybe they don't believe in God. I don't know. It's so, you know, it's mind-boggling. You want to try to get into their head to understand them. Are they really, do they really think they're in the right? Can, can they be that so naive? The faith, we are a pro-life. We are an incarnation people. I've said it over and over again. Read the gospels. Read Matthew. Read Luke. And, you know, read Mark and, and go into John. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. What is going on with these people? Why are they doing this? It's amazing. It's unbelievable. We have to pray for them and we have to pray that, you know, more people like Father James Altman, more people like Father Provone, more good priests to come out and more good nuns, good holy nuns like Sister Deidre Byrne, uh, Sister Didi there to, to come out and, 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 and speak out against this. We need holy people. We need to pray the rosary. And we desperately need to pray, 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 pray that, that things turn out right, that God will bless us and um, surprise us. Um, not using Pope Francis, God of surprises, but we need to pray for Pope Francis. We need to pray for him. And I guess we have to, yes, pray for James Martin. He challenges our charity, our spiritual charity, and including people like Sister uh, Simone Campbell. Um, I, you know, I'm glad I did this and hopefully we'll get more stuff about Father James Altman. I liked him. I really do. I like his style. It's great. So let's end it here and, um, let's say a prayer and please remember to share and subscribe and, uh, we will continue doing more podcasts, uh, about this is definitely a political year that we'll always remember. So let's say a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Our Lady of the Rosary, pray for us. Our Lady Queen of Peace, pray for us. Our Lady of Peace, pray for us. And Our Lady of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. God bless, and we'll be together again soon.